0: here today. If you're new to Summit, don't know what got you here, but man, I'm super fired up that you are here. My name's Mark, and I'm the lead pastor, and so we are just excited to have you here with us today in worship. You picked a great day to be here. We're launching a brand new series today that I'm really excited about, but before we jump into that, I do want to welcome everybody that's our first-time guest today. We hope that you have a great experience today. We don't want to embarrass you. We want you to know that no matter where you've been, who you are, what you've done, Uh, You've got a seat here in this church. You've got a place here in this church. This church is not for people who have it all together. This church is a church for people who have come to the end of themselves and realize there's something bigger than us, greater than us, that we were made for something greater than us, and his name is Jesus. And so no matter who you are, where you're at today, maybe you're trying to figure the Jesus thing out, we're excited that you're here today. Maybe you're uh, at a place where somebody just invited you and you really don't even know why you're here today. We're just excited for you to be here, no matter who you are, or where you've been. So some, let's welcome everybody that's our first time guest here today. And I tell you what, when you walked in, you got what we call a connection card, and if you take that card here in just a few moments and fill it out as much as you want, when you, uh, when you exit here in just a few moments, uh, out there in the lobby to the right is our welcome table. We've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests today. We've got a bag with a CD and all kinds of really cool stuff in it. We just want to say thank you for being here today. If you're a returning guest, your second time, third time, however many times you've been here, uh, we have something really cool that we do right after church. It takes just a couple minutes. It's called First Step, and First step is, is really, it's so informal. There's no strings attached. All we do is just basically give you some info about how to get connected into our church. But if you're thinking, man, that sounds great, but I'm in a rush. I got to go. Uh, is there something else for me? I'd like to hear about that. I'll tell you what. Take your card, mark on there that you're a returning guest, and you can take it to the welcome table. We'll still hook you up with everything that you need to know. We, want, we just want to help you find your place here. If it's in this church, if God leads you to get connected in this church, great. If not, we still give God glory because we believe that Jesus' kingdom is the kingdom that stands no matter what. It's greater than any one church, and we're just excited to be a part of it. And so we're excited to have you here today. I do want to say one thing very quickly. Uh, 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 Right after church today, we are having a very, 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 super, super, super fast uh, meeting for anybody that wants to be a part of our Halloween uh, event for teenagers. Normally we do The Walking Dead, but this year we're going to do something different. It's called Breakout. If you uh, want to take about three minutes and stick around for church right here, we'll have you put your name down on a sheet of paper just to simply say, Hey, I want to help with Breakout. We'll give you all the info that you need, and then we'll get you on your way. All right? So, hey, everybody excited to be here? Are you excited to be here today? Say woohoo! Okay, good. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, we are uh, starting a brand new series today called Future Me. And I am so excited to start this series. I've been looking forward to this uh, series for several weeks uh, here. And let me just try to draw the net and just try to bring you in, really, on what we're doing in this series and just to say who this series is for, okay? Because I feel like at the, uh, at the beginning of every series, if you're new here, what we do is we, uh, we teach in series. Uh, most of our series are about four or six weeks long, and uh, we teach on different topics, books of the Bible, that sort of thing. And uh, So that's how we uh, do sermons here at our church. And so I figure, I, I kind of think at the beginning of every single sermon series, people are in the seats and they're thinking, all right, is this one for me or not? You know, what, 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 what's going to come out of this for me? Is this something that I'm really into? And so let me just kind of say who this series is for today. If you are here today, if you are here and you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus today, and at any point in your relationship with Jesus, you have ever thought, you know what, there's probably no other Christian in the world that struggles the way that I do. Has anybody ever thought that before? You Anybody relate to that? If you've ever thought that, there's, no, there's probably no other Christian that, that, that struggles with their attitude, struggles with their thought life, struggles with their language, or just whatever. There's probably no other believer, no other follower of Jesus that struggles the way that I do. If you have ever thought that, this series is for you. Okay, If you're here today and you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian and you're thinking, you know what, I would be a Christian, but the only reason that I'm not a Christian is because, man, I'm afraid that I would mess it up. I'm afraid that I would mess up or I'm just concerned I can't live that kind of life. Then this series is for you. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus and you've, you've ever read the Bible and maybe something in the Bible is, is describing what it's like to know God. And you've read that and you've thought, listen, that doesn't sound like me at all. That sounds like so far from where I am right now. How in the world can this be true about somebody that's got a relationship with Jesus? I don't feel that at all. Listen, if that's true of you, if you've ever thought that, then this series is for you. And so hopefully that applies to almost virtually anybody with a pulse in the room today, because this series is for you. I am so excited about what we're going to do in this series, because today, in this series, it's going to be three weeks long, we are talking about the idea that the Bible calls, this thing that the Bible calls sanctification, okay? So let's all say it together on three. On three, we're going to use that big word. We're all going to sound really smart, but we all in Jesus know the truth, okay? So one Two, three, sanctification. There we go. Use it in a sentence at lunch. And, and it doesn't matter if you know what it means or not, but people will think, oh my gosh, they're so smart. And you'll know the truth. All right. Sanctification is simply this. All right. We're going to spend three weeks talking about it. Sanctification is the process of God making us more like Jesus. Sanctification is the process. That's a big word, process. We're going to keep coming back to that. It's the process of God. Making us more like Jesus. Now, when we say more like Jesus, we don't mean that God's making us into little gods, okay? That's not what we mean at all. That's not what the Bible teaches. But when we say that God is making us like Jesus, what we mean is that God's at work in our lives if you're a follower of Jesus, and he's making you into somebody who loves God the way that Jesus loved God. He's making you into somebody that loves people the way that Jesus loved people. He's making you into somebody that trusts God the way that Jesus trusts God. Does that make sense? So so he's transforming you. It's it's this process of God making us more like Jesus, and that's called sanctification. And see, see, when you give your life to Jesus, God does two radical things instantly. I mean, it doesn't matter if you got saved here in this church, any church, at home watching Billy Graham. It doesn't matter if a friend led you to Jesus at school or at work, where you met Jesus. In that moment when you gave your life to Jesus, God does two things for every person. The first thing that God does, first thing that God does in the moment that you give your life to Jesus, God declares you not guilty. God declares you not guilty for all the sin in your life. Past sin, present sin, And future sin. So God looks at me and God looks at you. And in that moment, yeah, you've still got all the junk that you had just a second ago when you met him. But in that second, when you give your life to Jesus, God looks at you. Every man, every woman, child, teenager who gives their life to Jesus. God looks at you and says, you are no longer guilty for your sin. You are not guilty at all. And not only does God declare you not guilty, God also declares you totally righteous. Righteous. Totally righteous. How, how many of you have ever said this? Man, I'm not perfect. Ever said that? Raise your hand. Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus in God's eyes, you are. You are perfect in God's eyes. Why? Because when God looks at you, God doesn't see you and all of your screw-ups and all of the sin that's still there. When God looks at you, God sees Jesus in your place. God sees what Jesus did for you. So God declares you not guilty, and at the same time, he declares you Totally righteous. Listen, that is the best news in the world because that means there is now and there never will be any condemnation, any punishment, any judgment for sin for every follower of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus took the punishment in our place. See, I'm not worthy for God to declare me righteous, but Jesus is absolutely worthy. And when Jesus lived, He lived in my place. When he died, he died in my place. And when he came back to life, he came back to life in my place. And so God counts everything Jesus did as if I did it. And when God looks at me, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you for all the hang ups still there. He sees you as a son or a daughter of God in Christ, completely clean, completely forgiven, declared not guilty, totally righteous, and accepted in his sight. That's good news. That's good news. That's called, that's called justification. Everybody say justification. Sanctification is this massive renovation project that God begins in your life the moment that you meet Jesus. So the moment you meet Jesus, not only does God justify you, we're getting some good, some good big words today. Y'all can leave here and sound real smart today. All right, I'm trying to help y'all out. Not only does God declare you righteous, that's justification, but in the moment you give your life to Jesus, God begins this massive renovation project in your life. God begins to change you from the inside out. God begins to change the way that you think. God begins to change the way that you talk. God begins to change the way that you, you respond to certain situations. He begins to change your goals begins to change the way that you think about people, God begins to do this massive renovation project in your life of taking you where you are and making you like Jesus. And that is called what? Starts with an S, ends with sanctification. Sanctification. Man, you guys are doing so good this morning. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. Go ahead and bring this picture up. This picture is going to drive us for the next three weeks, okay? Okay? This is going to drive us for the next three weeks, okay? Think about it like this. So on this side of the gulf, of the gap, rather, on this side is who I used to be. This is you and I before we meet Jesus. Who I used to be. Here's what you need to know. On this side of the gap, who I used to be, our biggest need is God, okay? And we all start here. In fact, we're all born here. The Bible says that we are born separated from God. And so, listen, listen, listen. I don't know what life was like for you here, but maybe you are here and you are there right now. You're still on that side of the gulf. You're still on that side of the gap. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. And listen, if you are there today, if you are here today, I don't care what got you here. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, I am begging you. I am pleading with you. Give your life to Jesus today because your biggest need on that side of the gap is Jesus in your life. And you're going to learn today that you don't need to clean off first and keep the 10 commandments first and be somebody that you're not first you need, uh, you're going to discover today you just need to come just as you are because Jesus paid the price and you can receive what he did for you today. All right? So we all start here, but then you give your life to Jesus. And the moment that you give your life to Jesus, all of a sudden, radical things happen in your life. In fact, everything changes in your life the moment that you meet Jesus. The moment that you meet Jesus, God looks at you and he says, you're not guilty. The moment that you give your life to Jesus, God looks at you and he says, you're totally forgiven. You're my son. You're my daughter. So all of a sudden, I used to be over here without Jesus Then I give my life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, God says some radical things about who I am now that I've got a relationship with him. If you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of Jesus, God says you are absolutely 100% free. But Let's be honest. Not everybody got excited just now. Let's be honest. A lot of times you don't feel free, do you? I know we're in church, and I know you can't be honest in church. Some of you are like, can Can I amen that? I don't know if I can amen that, but I really feel like punching my spouse today. Can I amen that? Right. Sometimes God says you're free. You don't feel free, though, sometimes, right? Listen, listen. God says you are a brand, God says I am in Christ, a brand new creation. Can I be honest with you? There are days I feel barely saved, right? Come on. Right? Some of you all, your halo's shiny this morning. I'm glad because you're going to be preaching next Sunday and I get a Sunday off. But today I'm all you got. Right? And I just got to be honest with you. See, see, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. You and I, you and I live in the gap. You and I live in the gap between where I am and who God says I am. You and I live in the gap between where I am and where God is taking me. See, in the gap is where sanctification happens. I mean, you don't give your life to Jesus and all of a sudden you don't struggle anymore. All of a sudden you begin to glow in the dark. You get a pony and a pack of Skittles, right? That don't, that's not what happened when I got saved. When I got saved, I still worried about the same stuff. When I got saved, I still struggled with a lot of stuff that I'd get fired for being a preacher for. Hello. And at the same time, God says I'm brand new. See, you and I live in the gap—the gap between where I am and where God has taken me. The gap between who I say I am and who God says I am. See, in the gap, following Jesus is hard, isn't it? Let's be honest—you are not going to be. You're not going to hang with me this week. If you can't, these three weeks, you can't be honest. In the gap, following Jesus is messy, isn't it? In the gap, in the gap. Listen, guys, in the gap. God says that he is completely with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. But in the gap, I can feel all alone. In the gap, Jesus says that he See, you and I have got to figure out how to navigate this thing called the gap. Because if you don't, you are going to walk into church and look at other people and think, you know what, they don't struggle like I do. And you don't realize that they're just as messed up as you are. Because every one of us are right now living in where? The gap. And it's in the gap that God is working on us, molding us, and making us like Jesus. I want you to see somebody talk this way in the Bible. All right? I don't want you to think this is just preacher talk. So if you've got a Bible, take your Bible to Romans chapter 6. Okay, guys? Romans chapter 6. Go ahead and look at Romans chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 11 through 14. It's gonna be on the screen, I think. Uh, if you don't have it, maybe, maybe not. I really don't know. Romans six eleven through fourteen, and then we're gonna look at Romans seven fifteen through twenty five. Open it up on your Bible. You got a copy of God's Word? Uh, open it up there. If you don't have a Bible, just snuggle up with your neighbor. It's a great way to get a first date, or to get slapped or sued. I don't know. But um, so Romans six eleven through fourteen. Let's read this. Let's read this. Watch this. This is the Apostle Paul, and listen to what he says. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. Man, that sounds like a dude that's got his act together, doesn't it? Doesn't it, man? When I read that, I see the Apostle Paul standing chest out, cape flapping in the wind. Sin has no dominion over you, losers. That's what I see. I mean, here's a dude that's telling me, put to death sin in you. Consider yourselves dead to sin. This guy has got it together, bro. And then, Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. Just a few paragraphs later, you might not even need to flip a page. Romans, this is the same dude, by the way, okay? Romans 7, 15 through 25. Watch this. How many of you can relate to what you're about to read? Watch this. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. Watch this. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Anybody relate to that? through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. How in the world can Paul go from Romans 6 to consider yourselves dead to sin, put it away, let's get our acts together, to all of a sudden Romans 7, he's a hot mess. How's that happen? The answer, the gap. The answer is the gap. See, you and I have got to learn how to navigate this thing called the gap. And so I want us to see today three things, three things today that are true about the gap. If you're taking notes on our app, which you can right now, or you're writing these things down, if not, I would encourage you to write these things down because I think that God can really use what we're about to say in your life. All right? So three things that are true about the gap. Okay? And the first thing is this. In the gap, the struggle is real. In the gap... The struggle is real. I mean, let it encourage you that the guy that wrote most of the New Testament that launched Christianity as a worldwide movement has just put in the Bible, he doesn't have it together. Let that encourage you, let that speak to you. See, here's what you need to know, guys. The Bible is not like Instagram, okay? The Bible's not like Instagram, Facebook, where where everybody puts a perfect picture of their lives online for everybody to think they've got it together. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know? Because on, on Instagram or Facebook, everybody's got their perfect friends, and they go to their perfect school, and they've got their perfect husband, and they've got their perfect wife, and they only eat perfect meals every single day. And you've got perfect kids who always do what you want when you ask them to do it. And listen, I'll just be honest. I don't believe none of y'all. It's because I know you. I know you. And my kids are so obedient, hashtag blessed. Listen, I know you came an inch of beating those suckers to, to death so that they'd stop slapping each other so you could take a picture, put it online, and lie to the world. I know you did that, right? The Bible is not like Instagram, The Bible's not like Facebook. Listen, 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 listen. Write this down. The Bible gives us a realistic picture of what it's like to follow Jesus. Okay? Say that again. The Bible gives us a realistic picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus. I mean, did you see what Paul says? Paul says this, I want to love Jesus. I want to walk with him. I want to grow. But but for some reason, it, it seems like there's always something in the way. Can you relate to that? I want to tell my friends about Jesus. I want to invite them to church. And just before I open my mouth, I get overcome with fear, scared to death, and then I don't. I can't figure out what's wrong with me. I can relate to that, right? See, see the Bible gives us a realistic picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus, that, that we're following Jesus, that we're his sons, we're his daughters, and at the same time, there is a real war inside of us. I mean, that's exactly what he says in chapter 7, verse 23. If you've got your Bible, look at it. Chapter 7, verse 23. But I see in my members another law waging, here it is, war against the law of my mind. War. Why do people go to war? Why do countries, nations, families, people go to war? It's because they hate each other. Nobody goes to war over a mild disagreement. People go to war because they absolutely hate each other. Some of you are going to have a hard time with what I'm about to say, but I promise you it is true because we just saw it in the Bible. There is a part of every follower of Jesus that doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. And it is in me right now while I'm doing this sermon. And it is in you while you are listening to this sermon. There is a part of you that doesn't want to be obedient. There's a part of you that doesn't want to pray. There's a part of you that doesn't want to read your Bible. There's a part of you that doesn't want to come to church. Why do you think it's so hard to come to church? Right? I woke up this morning, man, one of our cars wouldn't start. Kids are yelling at each other. I'm like, listen, bro, I'm quitting. I think Walmart is hiring. Right? There's a part of you that doesn't want to. To tell your friends about Jesus. There's a part of you that does not want to follow Jesus. Why? Because there is a part of you that's at war with Jesus. Do you understand that? It's called the flesh. It's called sin. It's called the old man. And some at Lean In. You have got to fight that. You have got to fight it. Uh, Mark, Mark, I don't feel like I'm growing like I used to. Are you fighting like you used to? That's a question I always ask. Or are you fighting? Listen, this is huge, man. This is huge. I get asked all the time Mark, how can I know if I'm saved? Mark, how can I know if I'm a Christian? Here's the answer to that question. The answer to that question is this a changed life. That's it. That's the answer. A changed life. Lean in, watch this, specifically, specifically regarding sin and how you feel about sin. Well, you know what, Mark? I'm a Christian, but I don't really care about sin. I really think this is an irrelevant topic. Here it is. It's 2016. We're modern, civilized people. Haven't we moved on? There's bigger issues in the world. The election's coming up. I still can't believe we're wasting our time talking about sin. Listen, if that's you, you've got problems. I mean, if that's your attitude toward the very thing that sent Jesus Christ to the slaughterhouse, you need to check your conversion. I only feel bad about sin when I get caught. Oh, I only think about sin when somebody gets in my way, stops me from doing something I want. Or is your attitude towards sin, you know what, I hate that this is in my life because it doesn't glorify God. It gets in the way of what Jesus wants to do in my life. I know that Jesus wants to change me in this area. I wish that I could change. I want this out of my life because I want to know God more. I want God glorified in my life. Listen, if that's where you're at, that is Jesus at work in your life. So many times, listen, 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 listen. So many times, Christians think, "Oh, you know what? I struggle with sin, therefore I'm not saved." No, no, no. It's actually the opposite. The fact that you struggle with sin shows that you are saved. Do you understand that, Mark? There's a war inside of me. It's because Jesus is in you. Praise God. Right. Do you understand that? You gotta understand this. You've got to understand this picture. Or, or, or listen, 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 listen. Here we are in the in the buckle of the Bible Belt, where Christianity is part of the culture. Mark, I got saved when I was four. Haven't seen much since then. Well, that's great about you being four. You're forty now. How do you think about sin today? What's Jesus doing in your life right now? Well, really, nothing. Nothing since that day I cried in church. Let's talk after today. Let's talk after today. See, in the gap, first thing you gotta know, in the gap, the struggle is real. I'm struggling. That's because Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. In the gap, the struggle is real. But here's the second thing you gotta know in the gap, I'm not my struggle. In the gap, I am not my struggle. See, Paul can say Romans six and Romans seven and mean both. I love what he says in six eleven. I'm going to read it one more time. Romans chapter six, verse eleven. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Listen, you got to make that decision at least a million times a day. Dead to sin and alive to God. You got to make that decision at home with your family. You got to make that decision at school. You got to make it at work. You got to make it fifty thousand times in traffic. Hello, right? But here's what we do. Here's what we do. Instead of considering ourselves dead to sin, we just start to live with it. In fact, a lot of us identify ourselves by our struggle and by our sin. So we say things like this, well, I'm just a worrier. Or we say things like this, well, you know what? My grandma struggled with it, my mom did, and and now I do. It's been in my family for generations. We're just like this. We say things like, you know what? I know this is wrong, but I'm a guy. I've got needs. It's what we do. We say things like, "Well, yeah, but it makes me feel good when I do it." We say things like, "This is the mantra of the culture that we live in." It's who I am. Summit. Listen to me. Write this down and never forget it. If God tells you to put sin to death, then there must be resources available to you and I for us to do that. Did you hear that? And we're gonna talk about it in this series, but but I want to say to you, I wanna to say to you today, I want to say to you today that no matter what your sin of choice is, no matter what your struggle, bondage, addiction, the thing that defines you in the gap is who God says you are right now. You are not your struggle, your sin, your past. You are not what your family says, what your friends say. You are right now who Jesus Christ is says you are you might not feel it and everything around you and in you might seem like it goes against it but what god says no one can change and the thing that defines you as a follower of jesus in the gap is who god says you are so you are not your struggle you are who god says you are so last thing number three Three things you got to know about the gap. In the gap, the struggle is real. In the gap, I'm not my struggle. Here's this. In the gap, there there is power greater than my struggle. In the gap, there is power greater than my struggle. Hey, if you're a Christian, how did you get saved? Tons of different answers probably for that question depending on your circumstance, but let me just answer it for you how you got saved. The way that you got saved is God opened your eyes to see Jesus and who he is for the first time and in that moment you knew that what you needed more than anything else was him. God opened your eyes to see Jesus and to see that without him you didn't have anything, that he was what your heart longed for, that he was who you were really pursuing your entire life and there he is. And so what got you saved, the way that you got saved is God opened your eyes To see Jesus. I love what Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says. It'll be on the screen. Romans 1 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Listen, the gospel does not tell you about the power of God, the gospel is the power of God. It is the power of God, church. And I want to say to you today that the the same thing that saved you, which is the gospel, the same thing that saved you is the thing that will change you. And it is the thing that will keep you, and it is the thing that will bring you home to glory for all of eternity. It's the gospel. The gospel is... The power of God. What if, God, what if you went to God today and you begged God to open your eyes and to see Jesus today? And what if God opened your eyes to see Jesus right now and how much he cared for you? Think about what that would do to anxiety in your life today. What if God opened your your eyes today to see how much you are loved by him, to see how much you are cared for by him? Think about what that would do to your insecurity. What if God opened your eyes today? To see how how much Jesus is in control of every single aspect of the world. Think about what that would do to your anger and all of the emotions that rise up within you when you don't get your way or when somebody gets in your way. What if God opened your eyes today to see that Jesus is the bread of life? Think of how that would break our hands free from just constantly going after the things that are killing us and just holding us back and putting us in bondage. Son, the thing that saved you is the thing that will change you and keep you. And the thing that saved you is the gospel. And so maybe today you need to go to God all over again. Maybe you need to God and say, God, open my eyes in a fresh and new way because I am ruled by fear. God, open my eyes in a fresh and new way so that it will loosen the grip of anxiety on my life. God, open my eyes in a fresh and new way to see Jesus so that I'd start to break free from this addiction. God, open my eyes to see Jesus in a fresh and new way, so that I'd break free from internet pornography. God, open my eyes to see Jesus again, so that I'd be satisfied in him, and not some inappropriate relationship that's going to destroy my family. God, open my eyes to see Jesus again, that he is the only pursuit that will satisfy. Instead of blowing all my years on everything else that everybody else is blowing their years on, open my eyes to see him again. Maybe you're here, you're not a Christian. Hey, you're not a Christian and you've been thinking for years or months, you know what, I'd get saved, but I'm afraid I'll mess up. (laughs) I'd get saved, but I'm afraid I can't live that kind of life. And I want to say to you, you're right totally right you're totally right and what you need to know if that's you today i want you to know today that you will mess up remember we're living in the gap you will mess up but here's the deal if you go to jesus today what you will find is not only is there grace to save you now there is grace to forgive you tomorrow and the next day and the next day that's why the book of lamentation says that his grace is new every morning because tomorrow morning i'm going to need new grace Monday needs new grace that Sunday's grace won't carry, so I'm going to need new grace tomorrow, and so will you. So if you need Jesus today, listen, don't be afraid of messing up. Don't be afraid of not having your act together. Nobody has ever went to Jesus with their act together. I want you to know that you can come to Jesus today just as you are to receive love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Man, I I heard somebody say this one time and I just thought this was true. I hear people say, you know what? Christianity is for weak people. Jesus is a crutch. And I want to say to you, Jesus is not a crutch, man. Jesus is the stretcher and the ambulance and the hospital. He is way more than a crutch, man, right? Because I don't need a crutch. I needed a savior. I needed a Lord. I needed divine mercy in my life if you need it. It is available for you Today, and it's not available just if you're lost. It is available for every person in the room right now that finds themselves living in the gap. Let's pray. <clears throat> you know, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, some the there is power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel to save you today if you need to be saved. There is absolute power in the gospel to change you today if you need to be changed. I've got this issue in my life. How do I break free? Listen, change, growing as a Christian, is not willpower. It is having your eyes opened all over again. See Jesus in all of his glory. And so I'm going to challenge our church today. My challenge today First day of this new series, Future Me, is simply this. Maybe today you need to pray, Jesus, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see you again. And here's what I want to guarantee our church I guarantee you, you might pray that today and experience nothing. Now, maybe you'll pray that today, first time, and boom, everything changes. Scales fall off your eyes. But you might be here today, a follower of Jesus, and you pray that, and you don't really see a change. I want to challenge you, pray it today, pray it tomorrow. Pray it the next day, and I promise you, I guarantee it, Jesus will soon break through and break loose in your life. The Holy Spirit will flood the corners of your heart. Your eyes will be open to see him in a fresh and new way. But don't wait for it. Come to him today and cry out and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. You know, normally at this point, I ask people to raise their hands, things like that. I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to bypass that, actually. And I'm going to say today, You know what? With the lights down, if that's your prayer here in just a moment, Dana's going to come. We're going to receive offering. Please sit still. But if God's spoken to you today, and if that's your prayer, Jesus, open my eyes. I just want you to get up out of your seat and come up front and beg God to do it right now. Come on. Come on. Anybody in the room? There's people already up here. They didn't even wait for me to start it. If you need to, come on. Come on right now. I'm going to come down here. I just want to meet with anybody that might need to make that their prayer today. Jesus, open my eyes. Come on down. Anybody in the room, maybe this is for somebody, I just want to challenge you to do it. I think it'll break. I think it breaks, though, when we stop worrying about what everybody looks, thinks about us, things like that. If you're here today, you say, Mark, I need Jesus to open my eyes. I want him to open my eyes to see him in a fresh and new way. Would you come up, come up front right now? Come up front and let's just pray right here together. Come on. I'm going to give you some time right here today. You come. You come. You come people are coming and here's some of your alls problems some of y'all's problems is you're waiting for somebody else to come and God's talking to you so just do it just do it, I'm not going to sit here long and twist arms and try to make something happen but people are coming forward if that's your prayer today, you know what I need Jesus to open my eyes again I need to see Him in this area. I've really been struggling with this, kind of let it live in my life for a long time. I need Jesus to break me free from it. Just come on up here. I need Jesus to open my eyes. Just come on up. Just pray. Just in a few moments today, as people are coming, as people are coming. as people have come here to pray today God I pray that you would open our eyes Jesus open our eyes to see you and to not be satisfied with some religion that just brings us here on Sundays go home we live how we were going to anyway Jesus open our eyes to see you that it would set us free from addiction and bondage that we've we've just grown used to Jesus open our eyes to see you today how we are loved, how we are cared for, and let that melt anxieties grip away from our lives, fears grip away from our lives, insecurities grip away from our lives. Father, for the person who's here today and they are outside of Christ, they find themselves on the other side of the gap, still in that who I used to be, pray that right now you would reach out to them and that you would say, God, right now you would show them their love and that today they would come to Jesus. Pray for that person who's been here every single week, for that follower of Jesus struggling, feels like they're stuck, show them they are love and they are who you say they are. And you are going to finish what you started in as people are still up here praying I want us to stay in the spirit of prayer but here's what I would ask as quietly as you can you know when you walked in today you got one of our connection cards would you just grab that card really quick go ahead and grab that everybody's got one as people are praying nobody's moving but I would ask you to grab that card on the back of that card on on that card we give you space to share some prayer requests and on that card if today that's your prayer Jesus open my eyes I want you to write it on that card. And here in just a minute, Dana's going to lead us in receiving our offering. You can drop those cards in the offering basket, but we just want to pray. We want to come alongside of you and pray this week for every person that's making that their prayer. Jesus, open my eyes. I need to see you again. I need to see you for the first time. Jesus, open my eyes. Here's what we're going to do. Dana's going to come in just a moment. If you are here today, and today you made the decision to give your life to Christ, on the back of that card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Every person that did that, look at me. Everybody's looking at me, okay? If you did that today, check that box that says, I gave my life to Christ, and and drop it in the offering basket, all right, or take it to the welcome table so that we can give you a free Bible, some other stuff, but do not go home today until you tell somebody what God did in your life today. Any other decision that you want to make, let us know on that card. Here's what I know: I know that God never does something in a service and then just lets it die. Whatever God starts, He finishes, and God's not done. All right. So Dana's going to come. If you need to make any preparations for our offering, you can go ahead and make those preparations. But make sure, make sure. Let us know what God did in your life today on that card. You can drop it in those baskets. Dana's going to come, and Dana's going to share with us. Go ahead, Dana.
1: Hey, you guys, just a, just a reminder um, about your connection cards, that when you came in, um, if you made a decision to, to mark that on your card, and you can drop it in one of the baskets that uh, our volunteers will be holding as you leave. If today is your first time, then uh, take that card out here to the right and take it to the welcome area, take it to Melanie, and she has a free gift for you. Um, and if today is your second time, we'd love for you to stay for First Steps with Mark. If you can't, though, then take that card on out there to the welcome area as well, we have a free gift for you. It's a gift certificate to, uh, to Jawbo's. So um, so you want to go out there and get that. But before you go out there and get that, stay for First Steps if you can. So now we are going to do our offering. So if, um, if all of our ushers will get into place... I am the next steps coordinator. I didn't mention that today. So, but, um, when you guys give, that is, uh, that is something that, that your offering goes towards. It helps people take their next steps. Um, it goes towards, uh, people being baptized, towards us being able to, to reach out to people and to disciple to people. And, um, and so I just want you to know that when you give, that it goes beyond, beyond just here, that, um that it actually goes on throughout the county and there's things that we do and um, and things that we help that uh, that helps us spread the gospel to people all around. So would you pray with me, please? Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone that is here. Thank you for everyone that is giving, whether it be here today, whether it be online or through the app. Lord, I just pray that um, that you will continue to work through us and that, um, that this offering... Will change the world in ways that we can't even imagine, Lord. I just pray that um, that you will remind us that that we are not perfect, but that you are with us while we are living in that gap, and that even though that we don't see ourselves perfect, that in your eyes we are. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So while they're taking up the offering, there's just a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Remember that if you want to help with the Halloween event for the students, then to stick around for a few minutes after service so that, uh, so we can get your info and give you all the information that you will need to help with that. Also, if you didn't get a box last weekend, we, uh, we put some more boxes together today. So when you leave, you can grab a box, you can grab a box or, uh, or several boxes (laughs) and, um, this is just something that we do every year, and now I'm tickled and I can't do anything. Um, but it's something that we do every year, and it is a way that we can go global. So these boxes will um, will make Christmas a little bit brighter for a child. And I don't know, for those of you that were here last year, Suzanne Applegate shared a story with us that she was actually able to connect with a child that received her box through Facebook. So um, so it's just really remarkable things. so grab one when you go out. Uh, information that you will need is actually already inside of the box so you can pick a boy or a girl and i think that's it guys so the band gonna play? mark's waving at me so
0: <laughs> love you guys
1: <laughs> okay the band gonna play? You guys gonna play? so the band's gonna play and you guys are dismissed